Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. I feel like the Zippa guy, Zippa. Wait, isn't that a commercial or something I hear on the radio all the time? It's like Zippa or Zippa. The guy has the accent. It's weird. Craziness. Hey, welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank here from Sniper's Hide getting caught up after the training and the trips and getting ready for next year. Uh, still got to look at my schedule. I don't have a complete schedule ready for next year. Uh, have to work around some of the other stuff and meet with the LE guys at Mile High so that way we're not conflicting when we do stuff at their range, our range, whatever you want to call it, the Colorado range. Um, but I wanted to go in, a, in another direction, a little bit different. It, it, it's in talks, um, you know, everybody wants to get into precision long range. Uh, precision rifle is the growing aspect of the sport. There's a lot of matches out there, a lot of local matches standing up. And then with the explosion of the 22 stuff, especially with the Voodoo 22s, I mean, really, that's the big one is that, you know, you could take a, a when you have a 22 that fits in a full size stock and you can do everything with it and then take it to your local 100 yard range and have a really competitive little 22 match, you know, all the wind, all the all the difficulty scaled down uh, I think that's a big thing moving forward but me I'm looking at the direction like the rifles are taking and the chassis are taking and the different things that are happening um, around that and and I'm talking to people moving forward next year uh, the question always is you know what rifle does someone get to get into the business? I mean, you look at the Ruger RPR, and and as some of you know, we had a we had a bit of a hand helping out with that, um, doing some stuff with Ruger when that came out. They came to our range and, and shot the prototype. But then you you know you look at that, and and like up in Alaska, Mark, you know, when I see a Taylor clone, uh, as I call it, TC, a Taylor clone. Uh, those guys have like Ruger RPRs. They might have Seekins handguards on them. And then they have the elite iron bipods. And that's the direction Mark sends people because it's not really expensive. The other direction I, I recommend with some guys and we start to see them all over. I have one and, and I like them a lot is like the Tika. So you're in that $1,400, $1,500 with the latest uh, Ruger RPR. And heck, they just came out with the 300, 338 variant of it. You can, you know, 6.5 Creed, the the 6mm Creed more, 308, and then you can go all the way down to the 22s with them. You know, so the, there's that versatility and that consistency, consistency of the Ruger RPR. But not everybody wants that rifle or, you know, and, and it's another one of those things. So the, the variety, right? We see so much coming across. And then we, we run down that rabbit trail of the Savage. And dealing with the Savage stuff, the MDT chassis that are on that. I, I I like the MDT chassis on some ways. And there's the ones with the shorter sort of forends that I'm not a biggest fan of. But I like the one that looks sort of like the AX chassis. And then they have the new one. We've seen people have really good results with putting stuff in MDT chassis. The same as XLR chassis. And then you can go all the way up and spend the dollars on something like an MPA, an AI, and so on. Um, you know, with me and the Tikas, because I'm a big Tika fan. I like the bolt throws on the Tikas. I like the caliber conversions. I, I do like it's a mid-length action. It's not short or long. It's in the middle. 
And, you know, there's some good chassis out there like the Kdex and stuff, but it's expensive. So I'm looking at how do we get somebody into an entry-level rifle and, and make it affordable. So yesterday I'm talking with um, like Ashbury, APO. Ashbury's been taking a turn into this entry-level section, you know, or, or segment of our precision rifle shooting. And they did do work with Savage. They have stuff that's in Cabela's and, and things like that. Uh, as I mentioned with the Savage, with those Savage Stealths or whatever they are, I'm pretty sure it's called a Stealth, um, the, the base is coming loose. So get that Savage, take it apart, put it back together. Then you go the opposite side, a Tika. Getting a base off a Tika is like really hard. And a lot of them come with that zero MOA base. So you got to put the rings on it. So you got to heat up a Tika to get that off. But I mean, other than muzzle velocity on a Tika, they're a really good rifle. The Savages, once you get them running, they tend to work well. They don't have great resale value in um, you know, it, it, it is a 50-50 thing. And, and you know, their rifles will do either really well or they need to be wrenched on. So you run into that. Then we come around to like Remington. With all the bankruptcies, hedge funds, blah, 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 blah. Remington has, has been this, you know, roller coaster ride. But honestly, the way the industry is right now, it is a kind of a weird roller coaster ride. But talking with Ashbury... They're truing up this stuff. They're putting it in their modular chassis. And the reason I'm talking with Ashbury is because I have one of the rifles here I'm going to review. And what they did to me is they sent me the options front and rear, but stock forend. Because you can start inexpensive and low, and it's actually going to be, you know, it's going to be getting even better. And then you can work up to their more expensive stuff. It's not a case of, Here's a chassis, here's a system, go out and buy an AR part and you can use it. You can move forward, you know, butt stock buffers, the whole thing. While you can do that to a certain degree, Ashbury's is more proprietary, is more a true modular system. And I really think I'm going to go in that direction and have a sort of sniper's hide entry level variant that we're going to try to get around the $2,000 mark with a modular chassis with um, adjustability that fits the shooter. Now, one of the things I spoke about with the Magpul Pro, the 700 Pro chassis, is the ability to shape it towards a new or young shooter. Okay, The pistol grip moves forward and back, so you can change the reach from the grip to the trigger shoe. Huge important when you got kids, women, people with small hands, even large hands, to be honest with you. It, it gives you that versatility that the only other stock chassis that, that addresses that is the Ashbury. Ashbury's had that adjustability in the pistol grip since the beginning. Okay, when you look at the M40E, the Sabre, and all the stuff that they did early on in their $2,500 chassis system... That has now trickled down into their sub thousand dollar, and then especially like with the center section, the center section of an APO is very similar, and it's not expensive. It gives you that grip change. Get a different um uh 
pistol grip, because they use the mag pole, the mo, all that, you can get a straight or an angled for not a lot of money. A, a straight or angled is, you know, like a $30 option or whatever it costs. I think it's like $29, $30, bucks. maybe it's $40, but it's still cheap. So if you don't like the, the, the mo grip angle, you want a straight grip angle, you can get that. It can move forward and back for your hand. Then the other part I'm really talking with, and this is the part, it's not, I'm not so much worried about the front of the rifle. Although I do want a handguard to go as close to the front of the barrel as I can get it. I don't like them being short back. We're talking marksmanship here. It's not so much aesthetics. There's an aesthetic aspect to it, but it's more of a marksmanship. It can be M-lock, it can be key mod. It doesn't, you know, have, it doesn't really matter to me. Because a lot of us were going to put a, a really right stuff dovetail piece on there. They work an M locker key mod. A pick rail now with the Anvil 30. You can go pick rail. You can go right stuff dovetail. It's, it's, it's getting to be more universal that way. So, But I want that handguard. I want the rigidity of it. I want some of the different things. I want the mounting options. The ability if you're going to run a bag around it that you're on the bag and not part on the barrel. So I like that, okay? But let's look, you know, let's ignore the front. That pistol grip, that's big for me. I like the movement, okay? Now let's go back to the buttstock, the adjustability. In my class and talking about setting up the rifle, the more money you invest in a stock and chassis that way, the more adjustability. More adjustability means a better fit for the shooter, okay? We're talking fit and finish here, okay? Fit and marksmanship. Does that buttstock bring the rifle to you and support your head in your shoulder pocket behind the rifle so you're in a natural position? You're not hunting for sight picture. You're not hunting for fit. You're not having to take duct tape, Taylor, and wrap everything around that rifle to get it to fit to you. That's why when you see pictures of the military guys with an old M24, an old M40, it's got you know, half a roll of duct tape and foam on it. They're trying to make a rifle not designed to fit the shooter, fit the shooter. So they're then building it up and supporting themselves behind the rifle. Well, Ashbury has a good butt stock. Okay, there's an expensive toolless version. Then they can go CTR, Magpul, different things. My problem with the Gen 3 Magpul is it went longer. It's a longer length of pull now. It does have some adjustability. I like the ability to raise up and down, but they went longer. So a lot of us, when we go to the Magpul PRS, and this was a key element with the JP Valkyrie I did, I got a Gen 2 Magpul stock versus a Gen 3 because of the length of pull change, okay? And then, you know, one of the things, like the nice thing on the lowest end Cabela, Ashbury APO, it's like $1,300 rifle. It's a 700, 308, or 65 Creedmoor. It has all that adjustability, modularity you can upgrade. Right now, it's on sale at Cabela's for $1,300. Good rifle, guaranteed sub-minute. You know, not tricked out and fancy, but still a good-looking thing that you can modularly build up to. Well, their rear section of the buttstock, which you can change out, has that. Tail lifts up and down. It's got a really good limb saver on it. Ashbury's probably one of the best stocks for a limb saver for people who are sensitive to recoil. Okay, plus you can raise it. It's toolless. 
cheek piece, folding, all these features that a lot of guys are looking for in these things like the RPR, the Teak Attack A1. Okay, we're talking $1,300, Cabela's, it's right there. So I'm going to take a play out of that and move over. But I have a charge. I have a desire, a request. I want a three-position buttstock that's not big and heavy. Think of the sapper, the old um that what uh, Josh Baguette did um for the ARs and for the uh, SOP mod stocks. I have sappers on like my Knight's Armament and stuff. He knocked the weight down. He did all this stuff. He's trying to get all this accuracy out of it. It's got a cheek that flips out of the way. But SAPR, SAPR from Battle Line Industries, I want that for a precision rifle. It's like, why are we not doing a better three position? And, and here's the thing I just went through, and I'm going to kind of shout out to AI, and I, I, I want to really push this, Okay. The AX, love the AX, great rifle. It, it's a hammer. It's it's my go. It, people ask me in the class, you know, if you had to pick one rifle, what would it be? Well, my AX. If you had to pick one, this what my AX. Okay, it that's my go-to. If I can only have one, I want an AX. Short action, long action. You decide. If I go long action MC, I can do whatever I want. Just got to get my spare parts for it. But me. I'm, I'm not that worried about going out that far. I want a short action, the AX308. It's got the wheel on it with a 360 degree up, down, left, right, turn and circle butt piece. That is a marksmanship winner. Okay. It's small. It's slim down. It's light. It's got the wheel. It works. The only problem is it doesn't work on anything else. And you can't take it off and move it to the other systems. I want something universal. If you're a stock maker, a chassis maker, if you're out there with a machine shop, make me a 360 replacement for a Manners. I've talked to Tom about this a dozen times. I talked to McMillan has the old one. The one McMillan has is from like the 80s. It's ancient. It adds too much length to this length of pull. It's long, it's heavy, but it's doing what I'm asking. But it's it's old, it's outdated. The AI is the perfect one, but you can make it easier. The AT version, the one I have on my 2010, my 2010 AX is a single screw slim down version, but again, doesn't transfer to like the AT. I went with Mile High and Mike. I called them up and I'm like, "On, I got the SKU number. They have a target buttstock. It's hard to find. It's 150 bucks. It's not expensive. It's got a spacer system with it for, for your length of pull, but it's got a single Allen key in the back. You loosen it and you get that 360 degree up and down adjustability left right up down you know what I mean you need that left right up down 360 we need it to go up down left right and turn angle okay we need to shift it over a little and not a lot quarter of an inch shift to the right quarter of an inch shift to the left 
an up down. So you when you're in the prone, listen, when you're in the prone shooting, you pick your butt stock up. When you're in a standing shooting, you put your butt stock down. When you're shooting multiple positions, you could place it somewhere in the middle, but you still want that angle for your shoulder pocket. That's how you set your rifle up for success, where you could feel it in the shoulder pocket. So now I want this where someone's making it to fit the spacer setups for like a McMillan and Manners and for like a chassis. Because having this chassis with every imaginable thing without a three-position buttstock, silly, crazy, stupid, right? Come on. You're doing all this machine work and you're focusing on all these different inputs and parts. You got a dovetail in it. You got, uh, you know, hook up a, 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 a dope holder, you know, left, right cutouts, adjust. A, it's like, where is the part that works with marksmanship? Where is the grip forward and back so you can marry up to the trigger properly and have correct trigger control? You need a 90-degree trigger finger. If your grip is not supporting that, it's it, it's not doing you any good. I mean, and, and not to be hypercritical, I, I'm, I, I just want to say, you know, I'm a fan of the MPA chassis, but that grip with that bulge on the right works one way only. We're tactical shooters. We're multi-positions. We're left, right, up, down, prone, sitting, kneeling, standing, support, unsupport. If you're a smaller hand or a junior shooter, that bulge gets in the way. It's too big. You got to be able to like adjust it, do something with it. And I know some guys will, you know, grind on them and do whatever they have to do. But I want a truly universal left, right, forward, back with the pistol grip, vertical or angled, whatever you like. This is what they like. They want to float the thumb. Left side, right side. So make something that comes over if you're going to float the thumb. I'm not a fan of floating the thumb. I get it. Works for a lot of people. Originated at Rifles Only. I was there the day it happened. I'm all about it. I get it. But you want to be able to switch sides without something being universally different. Well, it's got an itch. Universally different, right? You want it to be truly ambidextrous because that's how we shoot, Okay. So then I want that good 90-degree figure position. If, you know, me, junior shooters, women, our hands are smaller. But even the other direction, if your hand's too big, you still want to be able to get that 90-degree trigger and be comfortable. It's got to come back into the shoulder pocket, right? You're going to be pulling it back into the shoulder pocket. And there, that's where the other point of contact is, the shoulder pocket. Holy cow, what a freaking concept. So let's go and get somebody to make that adjustability in it where we don't have to chase it down and spend 20 minutes on the phone trying to find if there's a target butt piece. Look at an Olympic shooter. Look at what they're doing, okay? Look at the adjustability in their rifle system. Now, we don't need to counterbalance weights that they use, but we do want that efficiency in motion, the consistency from shot to shot, the ability where the rifle setup supports the position in the firing task, okay? It, it doesn't have to be toolless. It, it could be Allen's. It could be, you know, knockoff knobs. You don't have to go push button, super expensive. You can do it with 
an Allen key. Give me one Allen key that runs the rifle like my AI. I'm a happy camper, okay? That's where that money comes in when people say the AT is this, the same barreled action as the AX. Where's the extra money? It's in that buttstock, okay? It's in that skeletonized version of that buttstock because that 360, that wheel on the back is worth its weight in gold. That's where I want to bring these stocks, chassis into line with our marksmanship goals, okay? We're talking marksmanship here. We're not talking about making it just so it looks good or it, it solves a barricade problem or it solves, a, a you know, an obstacle problem, a tripod problem. It's got to solve a marksmanship problem too. You know, we're fond of saying... The rifle doesn't care if you're comfortable. That was a Jacobism, right? The rifle doesn't care if you're comfortable. But you do. Your brain does, right? We, we talk about this. I talk about this in class. Guys say, well, we only use 10% of our brain. You know, we're only using 10%. Because the other 90% is busy running our body, okay? There's a subconscious side to us that's doing all these things on autopilot. All that brain power we're not using is running all these little things. If our brain does not like it, right? If our brain doesn't like it, you know what's going to happen? It's going to adjust without telling you. It's going to adjust and say, listen, I'm not happy with this. I don't care. This is what you want to do. This is what we're going to do. And it's going to move you. But if you can bring that comfort, if you can bring that adjustability to you, your brain is going to go, hey, man, I'm cool with this. Let's drive on. Let's worry about something else. That's the goal. We got plenty of machine stuff going on. Guys can make the Gucciest bipods on the planet. Guys can make these chassis do all kinds of stuff. Where's the stuff to support marksmanship? Where is that part of it? Okay. That's my charge, man. That's my call. Put it out there. Get me something. I'll use it. I'll put it on these stocks. I don't want it long. I don't want it heavy. I want it simple, but it needs a channel to go up, down, left, right. That's it. Make it light. Make it work with a butt pl- uh, the, consi- the, the, the current butt cheek pieces or butt plates we're using. And look at the, the all you got to do is worry about the, the spacer, the bolt spacing. Where is that bolt and how does it marry up? Let's force those guys to become a little more universal. I think they are. If you go Manners, McMillan, I don't know if I can interchange. I could check. But we should be able to. And I want a three-position buttstock or a universal target buttstock. Up, down, left, right, high, low, curve, angle, whatever we want to call it, angle I went circle. Look at the AX butt piece. We need something like that. Cool, guys. All right, man. I, I appreciate you uh, listening. Going to go over some couple things. We got some stuff happening. The the, the forum is up and cruising. Uh, I made a post about the level stuff. My charge with the level things, and there's a post on there, is, is the level discussion because that's still going over from my video from the Precision Rifle Expo. Flat ground. I love the fact that all the guys are who are truly pilots and who are instrument rated 
are blowing up the horizon line level in the aircraft and saying that the guys who are trying to equate shooting with a horizon line in an aircraft have no clue what they're talking about. You know, and I've said that from the beginning. It's like, come on, man, really? You're going to try to equate shooting and all this with your flying because those guys don't fly, but it's, oh, 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 let's just get rid of horizon lines out of our airplanes if we don't need a level. Yeah, two different fucking things, guys. You know, and, and it's getting it's it's getting laughed at like on on such a crazy level. But my charge, my question for you to go back to the level discussion because it's so big and crazy is flat ground. All these guys using it on flat ground. Let's take off the, the mountain stuff because, like I said, I'm in the mountain. I get it. If you can't figure it out in the mountain, let's let's take that out of the equation. Let's take that one percent of your shooting out of the equation. The support side, when you got your head rolled over because you don't practice support side enough. But when they throw one stage in a match, you're all like, I'm all crooked and crazy. I can't close my other eye. I got to do a left shoulder, right hand, you know, right eye, head rolled over because, oh, I'm eye dominant. I'm eye dominant. Guess what, guys? I'm left eye dominant too. I got like 2,400 in my right eye. I got astigmatism. I got all these problems. Train myself. Keep both eyes open. Don't have to roll my head over. I can shoot left-handed, right-handed either way. Hello. I'm a well-rounded shooter. I'm an out-of-one-trick pony. Okay. So now, flat ground. You get in on your rifle. You lay down behind it. You're shooting your five-shot string on flat ground. And you still need a level. What's your malfunction, dude? Why do you need a level on flat ground? Because you don't practice, because you didn't train yourself, right? Because you have zero professional instruction or, in some words, competent instruction, and you're just doing what everybody did before you, and it's buy a level, look at the level. That's that's how the instructor handles it. Why? It's easy. Oh, what do I do? I'm always canting my rifle. Buy a level, look at your level. Solves the problem. You don't have to teach, right? You can, you can, you can, you know... Plop down your money and fix the problem instead of saying, well, this is the feel, this is the fit, this is what level feels like, this is my head straight, this is what setting up the rifle for you looks like, moving your cheek over a little bit. You know what I mean? You got that cheek piece. Maybe it's a quarter of an inch shift to to the side so your head is straighter. It's that butt plate being straight in your or being adjusted in your shoulder pocket for fit because the muscle in your shoulder comes over a little bit because your collarbone's there, all that. So you're trying to fit between. It's a lot of work to set a individual up correctly. So the answer is buy a level, look at the level. Okay, that don't help the guy though because when he's not looking at the level, he's crooked. You know what I mean? It's It's setting up the rifle for you and for success. But there's a good discussion. It's getting going into other pages and stuff. It's getting pretty pretty good. I mean, there's a lot of discussion around this. And my charge to everybody is talk to me about flat ground. Don't talk to me about the one-offs that you did, the one time you went up somewhere and you shot in a mountain, the one day you did it. And I get it. There's a couple people doing it more right now. But they weren't doing it more before. And, and here's the deal. Can you stand up? shoulder the rifle and hold it level on a target without any reference. Can you stand there, pick the rifle up with a scope, look at a target and hold it level? Most of you will say yes. Well, why can't you go from that standing position holding it level 
down to a kneeling, down to a sitting, down to a prone, and keep that same orientation with your head and hold it level. If you're standing on the side of a mountain, you're not falling over because you don't know where gravity holds you and you don't know where straight is. If you're standing up on the edge of a cliff, you don't just fall down and fall over. You can stand there and point at a target and then move down to the ground and still keep that same orientation. I I told this story before. I don't know if I did it on the podcast. But it's either last year or the year before, Leopold was coming out with the scope with the level, like um, SIG's level plex. Okay, I like the SIG level plex. I use it to mount the scopes. I can get in the position. I can set it up. I can get in with straight. I can use the level plex and then tighten my rings down, and I know I'm level. Turn it off. Everything's good. So the level plex. I go to the Leopold booth. I see my guy at Leopold. He says, Frank, what do we got new? Here's what we got, blah, blah, blah. This is what's happening. Oh, come over here. This is our scope with the electronic level built into the field of view. Cool, let me see it. He turns it on. He hands it to me. He goes, aim in at the light over there in the hall. You know, Leopold's downstairs in the big hall in the middle. He points like to a light down the way and he says, aim at that in in." you know, take a look through it. I picked the scope up. I look through it. He goes, do you see the lights? I said, no, I don't see the lights. He goes, oh, can't the scope. I had to be told to can't the scope so the lights would light up. Same thing, man. If you can pick the rifle up from standing and point in at something and say, I'm level and square and I'm quartering the target as it presents itself, quartering the target and not trying to be level with the angle of the target. I'm just quartering what shows. Then I'm straight. I'm square. I'm level. I'm quartered. And when the guy has to say to you, can't the rifle so you can see the lights light up, well, that just goes to show it's 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 something that could be taught, something that can be learned, something that could be understood to a better degree. But now go go in Sniper's Hide in the scope section. Check it out. Um, got some stuff. I, I made the post on the Everyday Sniper 100 episode. I'm going to pick a winner. You're going to get a Saracen bag from Chaz Bayless at Warhorse. Um, Chaz called me. We're all set. Um, why do you like the Everyday Sniper podcast? What's your takeaway? Is it the time traveling Chinese? Is it the jokes about combines? Is it, you know, me talking Godzilla? Godzilla was on this morning. Space Godzilla. Checked it out. You know, cool, man. And um, so it's that kind of stuff. And and give me uh, one line, two lines, why you like the podcast. I'm going to pick the one that, that tickles my fancy the best. And we'll get you a Saracen bag from Warhorse Development as well. Don't forget, Mile High has that 10% off on all nylon. Anything nylon and Mile High, call Mike up, Combine 2018. That's the discount code, COMBINE2018, 303-255-999999, all nines. Call Mike up, discount on that stuff for the whole month of October. So we're, we're in that second week now. We're going up, so I'm a little delayed, but I'm trying to catch up. But um, thank you guys for listening, for sharing. Thanks for the comments, the feedbacks, the discussions. Thanks for, you know, for, for being part of this. Uh, really, like I said, we, we've blown up so big. The feedback has been fantastic. I really appreciate you guys hanging with me 
in in listening to all this and me ranting and going off and and, and giving my opinion. And hey, man, it's just my opinion. If it offends, well, whatever. What can I tell you? But it, it's how I see it. I'm calling it the the way I see it. And and you know, again, this feedback has been fantastic. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for sharing it. If there's something you want to talk about, or if there's something that that you want me to discuss or, or expand on, Sniper Side Forum, Everyday Sniper Podcast section, drop it in there. Use the Podbean app. Um, guys have been asking for an index. Okay, well they're they're out. They're numbered. They're numerical. I'm putting them in order. Podbean app and iTunes. I'm not gonna go and keep following up a hundred and a hundred and a hundred and a hundred. You know, and doing this and making it a list when. They're listed in the Podbean app. They're listed on iTunes, and 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 you can go in and start from the beginning, and they'll go in order for you. The the, the apps will do it. Um, you know, connect it to your phone via Bluetooth. Play it on your phone. Run it through your speakers. Listen to it on your commute. Listen to it at the computer. Whatever the case may be. But um, I really appreciate you know everything we've been getting as far as feedback goes from everybody. Uh, this has been great. All right, guys, I'm going to call this one short. Just wanted to touch base. Think about it. Think about bringing the stocks in the rifles into line with where our marksmanship principles should be. We shouldn't be moving away from marksmanship. We should be moving towards it. I get it. Our rifles are good. Our bullets are great. Our hand loads are phenomenal. All that stuff. We can learn to, we can learn to adapt our bad habits into, into good success. That's not what I'm talking about. We're talking about being marksmen. We're talking about that kind of stuff and not being a one-trick pony. All right, man? Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good one. Ciao.